0: Weekly Signals. Join me, Mike Hasper, and Nathan Callahan for the best in reality-based radio. That's Weekly Signals. Check out the website at weeklysignals.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari,
1: what's our show about today?
0: Well, our show is really about fame today. You know, I think I told you, Lloyd, that I read the Daily Journal, and I've been reading a couple articles by this very interesting woman, Maggie Jessup, and one of the articles that I wrote was called The Professional Elite, Formula for Fame. And all of us, in one way or another, want to feel that we are professional and that we have some fame for being that professional. And I thought this would really apply to everybody. And we'll talk a little bit about the privacy issues as well with regard to having that fame and the uh, benefits and burdens. So I got a hold of of um, Maggie's book. It's called Fame 101, Powerful Personal Branding and Publicity for Amazing Success. Let me tell you a little bit about Maggie, she is a former investigative reporter turned publicity maven, and she is one of the leading publicists and a pioneering advocate for powerful personal branding. She heads Platform Strategy, an award-winning publicity and branding boutique that works with attorneys and lots of other professionals and others. To expand their visibility, recognition, and income, oh that's always nice to expand your income, you can learn a lot more about her and what they do at platformstrategy.com. So let's get started. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: I found your book especially interesting, um, since I'm an author myself, and I know many of my professional friends write articles and do things to help their expertise be out there, but, you know, we don't all get branded in the way that we probably should be. So let's find out a little bit more about you. You're a former investigative reporter turned publicity guru. Right. And you've got this platform strategy, and you work with professionals, you try and help them to get their visibility out, recognition, share their expertise. So what prompted you to write this book, Fame 101?
1: Well, I've been doing this for a while and started getting a lot of invitations to come and speak at conferences and do workshops for a really diverse set of groups, like everything from the Los Angeles Romance Authors to Georgia Bar Association. And I found that there's applicability for personal branding in absolutely every field. We have gotten so many inquiries from people wanting to know what to do that I felt the book was the best way to get the information out there. And with Fame 101, people, it's almost a how-to manual, and people can actually do this themselves if they wish, um, because personal branding and publicity is such a vital part of business. That is... You can be the most talented person out there. You could be have the best product or the best idea, but if nobody knows you exist, you're not going to make it.
0: Exactly. And, you know, in your book you talk about one of the most important things is to write a book. So you are obviously walking your talk, writing your own book, and it is, it's, it's a great set of recipes for what you need to do to have that branding. And um, some of it's real challenging to do on your own because I have – been doing this for many many years with my first book and and i know how much time it takes it's it's craziness but we live in a culture that that funds over people like paris hilton and and so many other people you know kim kardashian and tiger woods and everybody else who are famous merely for being rich socialites of course not tiger woods he's actually talented (laughs) but um And the acquisition of fame in in and of itself has become a goal for so many people. Why do you think that Americans are so obsessed with this kind of unfounded fame?
1: Well, it really goes way, way back. And I guess right now our celebrities always have been, they are a royalty. It's always been that way. But Hollywood spent a lot of time and a lot of money building brands for their stars in order to get people to buy movie tickets. But before the Hollywood celebrity, our celebrities were a lot more accomplished. It was the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Wright brothers, Amelia Earhart. Those were the people that were the celebrities and the icons of our nation. And they became worldwide icons way before there was social media. And Hollywood saw the attention that they were getting and decided to Go for the publicity for their stars, and over the decades, it has evolved to where it is now. What is interesting about this kind of celebrity developed before the Hollywood machine is more business people and people that really had accomplished things, and Hollywood just grabbed that mo- model and made it bigger and better and more Hollywoodized, I guess. And what we and what we did is take it back, and we're using everything that they did before and what everything that Hollywood does, uh, but we're using it for doctors, lawyers, coaches, coaches, teachers, and that type of thing. And the formula and everything is in there because you can go back into history and see how it was done and pick and choose what you think would work for you. And some of what is out there is tritons stupid. But we feel the mechanics are the same and can be used for good.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what's so interesting about your book is that it does give you strategy, gives you instructions and certain things to do that that will be help you to be successful. I mean, obviously, you say, you know, you can't just get publicity, you have to have some knowledge, and you have to keep up with that knowledge. And you have if you're going to be Someone who is quoted, you know. Hopefully, you'll be quoted in a manner that shows your expertise and not something that's going to make you look foolish. So, right. so I thought that was really interesting as well and and important. You know, you really you have to know if you want to have that fame and you want to have that publicity. You know, it should be based on something that's grounded. And um, I thought that was great. Now. Uh, What happens here? You know, we we know that people in America seem to conflate fame and celebrity, especially now you can be famous and be a celebrity on the Internet. You can put up YouTube. You can have your blogs. You can have all these social media. You can be a star if you just really put all your heart and soul into it, even just in the social media. So we, we see people in the spotlight. And, you know, for someone like me who who has been in the spotlight and that that writes and does a lot of these things. There's also a worry about when you sacrifice privacy. I know we we see this with someone like Sandra Bullock, who, you know, has, you know, tried to keep some of her her secrets and her privacy. But, you know, that that gets taken away. A a lot of fame comes with a sacrifice of privacy, doesn't it? What are your thoughts about that?
1: Well, you are certainly the expert on privacy, and you're one of the icons um, in the privacy arena. In my arena, there are people that go after fame just for the sake of fame, and I think that's very foolish and pretty gross. But there are those, if, if you want what this gives you, if you are in business and you want the kind of celebrity that uh, Rachel Ray has or um, Paula Deen or Donald Trump or any of those people that are doing it, well, maybe not Trump, but that are doing it more for, it started out as a business type thing, Susie Orman, you will give up a certain amount of privacy. And that's a given anytime you walk in front of a camera or a microphone. There are there are the risks that you will lose your privacy and you have to go into this knowing that and being willing to give it up.
0: And, you know, I'm I'm thinking about someone like Sarah Palin who, you know, came out from really from, you know, just being governor of Alaska and then thrown into the national public view. And then, of course, people invaded her privacy, getting into her emails, seeing what she had done. And there's been a lot of, privacy invasions that she wasn't real comfortable with but it's it it's that push pull if you want to be out there in the public you really kind of have to know that that's going to be out there
1: it is and there are a lot of people out there willing to sell your story for very very for the price of dinner yes they will sell out their friends for the price of dinner just so it's it's just a it's it's a really Bad trend. And I remember I was speaking with this writer with People magazine. And I'm not a fan here, but this person, we were talking about her beat. And one of the people on her beat is Britney Spears. And I'm thinking, that poor child, you know, I am not a fan. And she's done a bunch of really silly things. But it, at that age, who doesn't? And then her being where she is, the scrutiny was. Horrendous. And she said that they get calls almost daily from high school friends, cousins, different relatives, relatives and very, very close friends and ex-boyfriends just willing to sell anything, any dirt, any information, just so they get a touch of that fame. And that's wrong. But it's out there. So if you go after celebrity, if you go after any kind of fame, whether it's television, radio, business, whatever – there is a risk, a very high risk, that this will happen to you. And you have to understand that before you go into it. If you have skeletons in the closet, don't do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. What, you know, I've interviewed a couple interesting people. One was Dan Solove, who wrote The Future of of Reputation on the Internet and how it can be destroyed. All the work that you put into your whole life can be destroyed by somebody putting some things up on the Internet that people believe whether it's true or not. And then just... Recently, I also interviewed this uh, professor who was at Harvard, and then he went to, he's actually a professor at Singapore, and he wrote this interesting book called Delete. And it's it's about how we don't forget things anymore, because everything's on the internet. So, you know, if you do something stupid, like you were talking about Britney Spears, you know, we all have done dumb things when we were young, right? And, but now on the internet, no one will ever forget it. It could ruin your life for the rest of your life. It could oh, destroy yeah. your reputation.
1: There are countless times I thank God that there was not a camera on me or an Internet when I was 18 or 19 or 20. <laughs>
0: exactly. Because, and these young uh, and, people, yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt sorry. you, but you're absolutely right. All of us feel that way. But, you know, the problem is, is some of these young people are putting stupid things on Facebook, and they think that it's private. And other people like possible employers who also has a, have a Facebook account can get in there if they're not using their privacy protection or one of their friends is sharing their information.
1: Or an ex-boyfriend that feels spurned or, you know, anybody, jealousy. There's a lot of things out there and people can be very nasty. But there are also a lot of positive aspects to it, and there are a lot of celebrities who have managed to stay under the radar until they want the camera on them. So, you know, you have to, to, I mean, look at Sandra Bullock again. If you want to bring her up with the baby, she managed to do that. Yes, she put a lot of effort, a lot of money, and had a very, very good team around her, but she managed to hide this huge event for months
0: exactly exactly so you got to work really hard and probably have a lot of money to be able to do it but um how is well let's say this let me ask you this um there's some people that think that fame is just shallow so what do you say to people who think that it's shallow and phony what are your thoughts about that well some of it is shallow and funny and
1: the way we use it, though, we use it for remarkable professional success. People learn to live a high-impact high lives, and there's nothing shallow or phony about that as long as they're becoming their best authentic self. And it's, it's a matter of what you do with it. Um, there are a lot of pitfalls, and we do discuss many of them in the book, but there are many, many pitfalls that people can fall into. And one of them is believing your own press. When you start, when you start getting press and you start getting um, the publicity that you're seeking and your name is getting out there and you're getting brand recognition and name recognition, if you use that against people and lord it over people, they're going to hate you. And they will – it's that mindset of wanting to see you fall. And if you put yourself on a pedestal, it's usually a very shaky one, and you will fall.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So yeah. you have to put it in context. This is business. Don't believe your own press. It's it's a business tool.
0: Yes. And, you know, I, I sometimes see things that, for me, I do expert witness testimony. And just recently, um, there was an attorney uh, who just tore me apart uh... tried to tear me apart in a motion to have me excluded he couldn't tear apart what i said so he was trying to attack me in every which way that was just really incredibly defamatory and um, i found that you know because i i had according to you know what the case was i had really proven that his case really wasn't right But he attacked me personally And that's kind of scary now with everything being electronics. So all the work that you do to be respected, to to come up with, um, you know, a a reputation that you've built for many, many years, uh, it can be destroyed by somebody online or electronically saying things that aren't true, you know. So how do you deal with celebrities and others when that kind of stuff comes out? Somebody has a vengeance for some reason. In this case, he didn't. He was trying to do anything to discredit me because he didn't like what I was saying about his case.
1: Right. And you'll find that sometimes we do have a client that has had a problem with that with a competitor. And the competitor has called him a fraud and has written blogs about him. And when you Google, that does come up. But there are entire industries out there for reputation like their credit repair industries their reputation repair industries yes we Dealing we actually
0: home. yeah we actually inter we actually interviewed the ceo of reputation defender okay, so yeah, you have people like that so yeah, so do you have clients that have these kind of challenges? Why don't you tell us about that?
1: We have one client that has had challenges like this, and he is a a, a very smart very good, internationally renowned stem cell scientist. And he has, but he works almost completely with adult stem cells, and he has a competitor who works with embryonic stem cells that is constantly blogging and trying to discredit him and is frankly lying. But there's nothing you can do to stop him. And when you Google this person, the other guy's stuff will come up, and so we have worked diligently trying to bury what this guy is saying, and we have really we've referred him to reputa- uh, reputation repair services because when somebody out there is just mean and evil and is jealous of the publicity you're getting it, and jealous of they're not getting it instead of hiring somebody like me to get it for them or learning to do it themselves by reading there are you know my book and many other books out there they will go on the attack just like the person that attacked you he didn't have a he didn't have a basis for it and his his angle wasn't good enough to win so he went on the attack and bullies have done that since the garden of eden You know, people have tried to undermine people and hurt them and attack them as long as time has existed. But now it goes viral and it's very, very difficult to fix.
0: Exactly. Like before, when, you know, somebody would bully somebody, maybe at school, you know, you think about these poor teenagers. But now they bully them online and it's really to myriad people. Myriad people across the world, and it just gets replicated and replicated and can't be deleted. And so this is, you know, we've seen suicides over this kind of stuff, teen suicides. And we've seen people whose reputation is totally ruined. I mean, there there has to be some changes. We've been trying to think about how can, can we deal with this? I mean, the Internet is wonderful, and the blogging can be great. And all of the social networking, but there's this dark side where people can go on anonymously or pretend that there's someone else and totally destroy you.
1: Mm -hmm. Or come up with a fake Facebook page um, with your name on it.
0: And your picture. (laughs)
1: And your picture and everything else. And they'll replicate your Facebook page but put really bad things on there. And, well, regulating the Internet has proven to be almost impossible, but laws are being introduced and these people are being prosecuted. And they, and, you know, it's good that they are stopping this thing when they can, but catching up is, is nearly impossible. It's so hard to do, but they do have their ways. Um,
0: And there is so much anonymity. And so I think, you know, some of the things that you talk about in your book about the, the right things to do and, and and I think that was what was so important because if you have fame and nothing underneath it, you have nothing to prove that you're really credible or that you have that information or that you are that expert, then of course, you know, you're going to have some problem. But like, or if you have skeletons in your closet, like, you know, it will eventually catch up with you, whether it's Tiger Woods or Bill Clinton. Or whomever, it's gonna catch up with you.
1: Or Toyota, or
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, right.
1: And and what's so sad, I I compare fame a lot with parenting. It's so sad that you can do so much good, and you mess up one time, and ten years of good can be destroyed with just one mess up, and it will take three years to ca- you know to fix it. Um, in parenting, you can be the best, absolutely best parent on earth. For twelve years, and this prepubescent <laughs> child gets in your face and you slap them in the face and all of that hard work is down the tubes because now you've crossed the line, and it takes so long to build that relationship and that trust back up
0: exactly so you
1: have to always be in control, and you know that's with everything in life it's not just with fame
0: right right but of course, now I think fame can be proliferated quickly, like you talk about in your book, Fame 101, you said, you know, now how different it is that you have so many more uh, tools available to you to get the word out about and and do the blogging and do the articles and have the articles replicated and cut and paste and make a new article from one article, you can make four articles. So I mean, there are some really wonderful things that you can do with electronics. But of course, then again, if someone is jealous or someone is revenge, full of revenge or something, they can they can really work to destroy it. So you just have to work all that much harder to remedy this. You know, when we talked to the CEO of public um, reputation defender, he said what they do is they take all the good stuff and do everything they can to make that come up on top or the early pages of Google. Uh-huh. And then the bad stuff, uh, you know, many, many pages later. But even he admitted to me a lot of the stuff you can't take down. But, you know, if something is truthfully um, a lie, then you can, you know, we've been able to help people who were victims of identity theft get the um, the ISP to take down erroneous or false information. So there, I think we're going to be going that way. So... It's it's going to be this balance, right, between uh, fame and and destruction. Yeah, it has
1: to be. I mean, what we have done for our clients when there is something bad out there is if you if it's it's really funny because that something bad might be Joe's blog, but we will get stories in USA Today and Good Morning America and Yahoo News and Google News and today's show and this radio show and that radio show and this newspaper and the you know, wall street journal and then you see joe's blog and everybody's praising them and joe's blog is going nye, nye, nye. so then joe looks bad right so if they do find it if it hasn't been so buried that they they do find it they just go eh. and people are smart enough to realize when they see jealousy
0: Yes. And we've talked about this on the show. One of the things you might want to do on Google and some of the other um, Internet service providers and, and, um, you know, search engines is to actually like in Google, you can do a Google alert with your name. Right. So you could put in quotation marks Maggie Jessup and then see anything that comes up. You know, hopefully it's all good stuff about your book or you're appearing on privacy piracy or all this good stuff. But at least then that'll come to you. And you can catch it and look at it and see what's what they're really saying.
1: True. Yes, we do that. We have Google Alerts on all of our clients. Um, and we, we get cyber alerts. And, we, you know, there's a, a whole variety of, of, of services that do that. So anything that's written about you will pop up.
0: Yes. And you can see it. Yes. And we're speaking today with Maggie Jessup who is the author of a really fascinating book that I just read called Fame 101, Powerful Personal Branding and Publicity for Amazing Success, and she co-authored it with Jay Jessup. You can learn more about her and her website and what they do at platformstrategy.com. And you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm your host, Mari Frank, and this is Privacy Piracy. So let me ask you, um, in your book you wrote about JFK's father, Joe Joe Kennedy, and about him being the very first non-Hollywood person to discover and use the power of fame. Talk about what you did in the book, which I thought was really interesting, how he fashioned a family brand to create the Kennedy family machine.
1: Well, yeah, he was the original publicity master. He used every element used by Hollywood or any of the leaders in the field today. He understood the importance of the media, and all of his children were educated and polished to use that as a tool. They were all remarkable, Um, and they were remarkable communicators, and that is something, as you know, Marie, it's learned, but it gets better with experience. And I think they might have invented media training in the Kennedy family. Right. Because um, if you look at the Kennedy-Nixon debate, if you study that, Kennedy won by a landslide by being able to deliver his message in a clear, concise, soundbite-ish manner. We recommend that people consider media training when we always, we have all of our clients media trained before they go on so that their message is clear and Concise and and very easy to understand, and then uh, we have we ask all of our clients to write a book, and we help them along with that process. Be- and if you look at Kennedy again, profiles in courage, that took John F. Kennedy from being perceived as a young playboy senator to a national leader with gravitas. Joe understood that little things make a huge difference, like photographs. Photographs are so important, and if you look at Kennedy photographs, um, there would be the entire family dressed in white playing football on a grass lawn, but there wasn't a grass stain among them. He had professional photographs, photogra- photographers, who took hundreds and hundreds of photos to get that one great one, and that one great one was all they showed. And so. You know, images make a huge difference. Hollywood has perfected this. And the leading antitrust attorney can use the exact same tools. When we speak, when I speak, and when with every one of our clients, when they sign on, we have a, a couple of professional photographers we work with, and we'll do several changes. So we see this person as an author. We see this person as a speaker, as a, an attorney, or as a doctor, whatever it is they do. And there's all these different size of this person that you you know what this person does by the photograph you know that this is a good speaker because of the photograph and a lot of people make the mistake of just doing a headshot or doing a glamour shot or um, using their college yearbook picture or something like that and the photograph is how people know you that's the first thing that they see when they're thinking about hiring you or interviewing you or whatever and that photograph is very very important and Kennedy's knew that and everybody has these boxes full of photographs that you've taken over ten years there might be two good ones in there you have to take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to get that one
0: Oh, i know i've been you know i've had photographers come over when i've been asked to give a photograph for a particular article and i know they take tons and tons of these pictures. Sometimes they choose the one I don't like, which is unfortunate. I remember when I was in Parade Magazine of all the pictures, they took great pictures and I got to see them. And then they got to choose which one they wanted, which I hated. So Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the bad part. But of course, if you're doing it yourself, you can choose that picture you want. Right. You know? um, your
1: website should always have a media page on it. And in the media room, there should be an image gallery. And those pictures, you have um, low-res and high-res pictures available, So that when somebody is going to do a story on you or have you on their show or whatever, they can just grab a picture off of that out of your image gallery and use it. And so you should own the rights to them. That's very important. Right. But giving all that, having all that there makes it very, very easy for the reporter to do a story on you. And you're more likely to get in if they're under deadline.
0: Yes. And, you know, you have to be careful. And another thing there is um, when you go to Google, I know we do this all the time, but we always ask before we use the picture. For example, if someone doesn't send us a picture and we need a picture for something, we will go to Google Images. You know, you go to Google and then there's this little thing down below it that says Images and you can pull up images. And then if you pull up an image that they don't like, obviously, I would never do that. I always say, can we use this picture for our website or whatever. But um, someone else could pull it up, and you have to be sure that if that Google image came from something, maybe from Facebook or Match.com or something, it might pr- portray an image that is not the image you want to prote- portray. Right. So that's another danger with Google Images. I think anything we put up on the Internet, we have to remember – how would we feel if someone saw that that was going to be a potential employer or maybe we want to do a speaking engagement or be hired by some big company? You know, if they see that picture, how are how are they going to feel about us?
1: Yeah, when with all of my clients, one of the things I do is I say, anything you put on the Internet, anything that you do, um, if you go to a party, depending on what they do, but if you go to a party, everybody has camera phones. Anything you do in public or on the Internet, you have to understand that tomorrow it could be on the front page of the New York Times. Make sure that you're always ready for that shot.
0: Yeah, and that's why I say in so many ways we have really, because of this instant uh, transfer of pictures, et cetera, it really does interfere with some of our ability to be who we are. You know, if I want to act goofy at a party, you know, I mean, with my friends, not even drinking. Or If I want to do something, it could destroy me. There was a woman in, uh, in the book Delete uh, by this professor that, uh, that I interviewed. He, um, he, he talked about this woman who was just getting her education degree. And so she was at a party, and she had a stupid hat on, and she had a beer in her hand, and she wasn't able to get her teaching license because they said that kind of person should not be teaching elementary school. So that one picture spoke a thousand words, and she was denied her teaching credential
1: Michael Phelps,
0: yep, yeah, Michael Phelps exactly with the with the marijuana, yeah, so again, it kind of inhibits us from just letting loose. you really can't let loose, <laughs> even with people you know that we hear about and we see things like someone you're in an intimate relationship with somebody, and they take pictures like. Dr. Laura, you know, when all the pictures came out in Hustler after she had had an affair 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. and all these pictures came out about her later. So now with the Internet, those can be transferred all over the place. And um, so it, it does make you think about, you know, what you don't have much expectation of privacy in the information age. That's for sure. But
1: that's whether you go for publicity or not, whether you go for the fame or not. It just depends on who happened to be in the room that day and how nasty they are.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. At least if you have the tools that you talk about in Fame 101, you have some control over what you're putting out there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And you can put out the image you want, and that's what branding is all about. You brand yourself. Do you want to be a master speaker? Do you want to be... Um, top-tier scientist? Are you? Do you want to be a very billable attorney? Do you want, you know, just w- whatever it is you want to be, you can brand yourself, and then that's the whole thing is you brand it, you package it, and you sell it.
0: Yeah, you know, you talked about how fame is not only for the entertainment industry and not just for professionals. You said even if you're a cook or a contractor or what, you know, any any field, basically, you can use these tools. I guess the question is, you know, when you talked about the Kennedy family, they could take, you know, hundreds of pictures, they had the best photographers, you know, but how can the average Joe, so to speak, do this without having the kind of money that you could really need to do a lot of these things? We get that a
1: lot uh, when we go out and speak where people go, yeah, but look at these people, they're huge. Look, I'm, I'm just, a and I go back and the, the the fame formula is very easy. It's simple. It's personal brand strategy plus publicity. You mix those two um, ingredients together, and that's the formula. And when you look at who's out there, the big guys: Oprah Winfrey, Susie Orman, Rachel Ray, Martha Stewart, John Travolta. I could go on and on and on. Let's go back. Oprah Winfrey was a weather girl. Yes. Martha Stewart was a caterer, a stay-at-home mom caterer. Susie Orman was a waitress at a bakery in Berkeley. Rachel Ray was the demo girl in the back of the grocery store. John Travolta was a sweat hog. So you look at that and you're going, okay, um, Susie Orman, but she was on Oprah. Well, Oprah didn't walk into the Sunshine Bakery in Berkeley, order a bagel, and say, I want you to be my financial guru. Right, Susie Orman just you know got the education, wrote the book, pu- pushed herself, did the publicity, did the branding, and caught Oprah's eye, and that's how she got on. Uh, Rachel Ray, when she was in the back of the grocery store doing demos, she she's not a cook. She's the first one to admit she's not a great chef, and what she had to do was come up with really quick meals that people could figure out how to use the grocery store's ingredients as they're walking by, and she dubbed them 30-minute meals.
0: Right, right.
1: And now where is she? And, it, she, you know, it wasn't straight from the grocery store to Rachel Ray, but then she did the little cooking show, and then she did a little travel show, and then she, you know, and on and on and on. But you build on it. You use this, you, you build your platform, and the more you build on it, it's like interest. Where you tell kids to start saving at eighteen and when they're sixty they've got millions of dollars it's the same thing with publicity you build and you build and you build and you build and, you build and it just starts mushrooming
0: you know um, Maggie we're sitting here on the campus of the University of California, and we have people who someday will be famous who this is a, you know a very um, high-end school they you know it's not easy to get into and hopefully they'll graduate with Good education, and you know, they may be listening and saying, "Gee, you know, I want this to happen to me." So let's give kind of—I know you—you know—you say so much more in your book, but let's kind of give a little bit about this strategy: how to get the branding and how to get the publicity, because those are the two elements, basically, right? Right. Okay. So let's well, talk a little a bit about couple branding. Of
1: ways, most people come into the business I'm in, publicist, from an advertising background. I come to it from a news background. I was a reporter and for some major organizations. And we got thousands of press releases coming across our desk daily. And so we're just talking the press release here. Once once you have built your base, you have figured out what your brand is going to be. You have a basic mission statement, if you you will. Um, And you come out and go for the publicity, you've got your website in order, and all of that is covered step by step. All of that is in place, and you're going after the publicity. You start with a pitch. And what we'll do is we will put a pitch. We'll write a one- or two-paragraph pitch, say, to you, saying, I want to be on your show, and this is why I think your audience will want to hear what I have to say. And then below that, no more than 400-word press release. The subject line is what is going to make them open that. When I was a reporter, if it said hottest, newest, best, most innovative, brand new, next new, best thing, I didn't open it. I didn't do free ads. That was advertising. Mm -hmm. But if it was newsworthy, if if it read like a headline on a newspaper and the press release read like a news story, read like copy, that got my interest. And if every all the elements were in there, both sides, statistics, um, links to different websites that I could check it out, all of the information is in there. Plus you, you know, all about you and why it's, you're pertinent to this story, it would pique my interest. And then if you gave me contact phone numbers and there were pictures on your site that I could just grab and use, that's a no-brainer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So that's one element of it. Um, pitching to the right audience is huge. You're not going to pitch your story for dental hygiene um, secrets to somebody that writes a legal journal, right? You you have to study your audience. If the best way to do it is if you like, if you want to be on. Good Morning America or on the Marie Frank show, you study what that person does. You listen to their show. You read their articles, that whole thing. And then you pitch it. You formulate the story to fit their format. Then you, you're more likely to get on. Um,
0: well, kind of let's go backward, and, and let me ask you for those students and those and we also have a lot of business people that drive by and of course people who, who listen to our podcasts all over the country. So let's say that we've got business people driving by and how do they think about branding themselves in a way that is going to be effective when they go to do publicity.
1: Okay, if you are a an attorney. What kind of an attorney are you? Are you a personal injury attorney? Are you a um, divorce attorney? Are you There's you know, a million different specialties. So when you chose your specialty, you pretty much chose your brand. I got gotcha. you. So now how are you going to stand out from all the other divorce attorneys out there? You're going to write a book. So that gives you the credibility in the, and as, as the expert in the field because you're the person that wrote the book.
0: And before so, you write the book, before and you talked about this in your book, that you can write a series of articles because even that gives you the credibility, the yeah. articles. And then a whole bunch of articles together helps you to pre- prepare for your book.
1: It, is, it does. That's, that's one very, very good way to do it. And that's a way to get out there fast because articles can be put up tomorrow. If you're going for a major magazine, there's a three- to six-month lead time, but if you're doing an Internet-type thing or if you're doing a daily newspaper, it's tomorrow. Right. And so um, you you just look at the different things. You you do morning shows, you do radio shows, you do blog talk radio shows, anything you can do, just build, 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 build. And one thing that happens, I always start my clients off when they have nothing at all behind them, I get the media training, which is very important, and then start doing blog talk radio. Only because every interview gives you that much more experience, and the more you're, you are interviewed, the cleaner your delivery is. So you sound polished and you sound intelligent. You're not just rambling on and trying to find the words. You, after a certain number of them, you get used to the kind of questions people will ask you. And it comes out cleaner. It's not a surprise. Then you go into local radio. You go to newspaper. You go to magazine. You go, then you go cable. And then you go national. And it can be national cable, but you can go into the Foxes and the CNNs and things like that. And once it's on there and you've got all of that, then the nationals will pay attention to you. They don't, want to be, they don't want you to be the first one. The one thing that you always have to remember – no matter who you are, no matter what you do, is the media doesn't care. They don't care about you. They just don't. They don't care what you did, how you did it, you know, who you are, what your name is. They care about their audience. They care about their listenership. They care about their readership. And they care about their viewership. And if what you have adds value to their audience, educates them, informs them, entertains them, whatever – then there's a possibility that you'll be up there. If you come at it where it's all about you and how great you are, you don't have a shot. There's no way. Exactly. They're not there to give you a, a, a stage.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it's it's something for what you can provide to their audience and how you can help them to do their job better.
1: Exactly. You go back to the Kennedy ask not what you uh, what your country can do for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do, if you have that mindset going into the media, right. then you know we had a an environmental attorney, a very very good one, working on a case with lead poisoning, and before he hired us, he put out press releases all over the place about this case and how great he was and his whole all of his his background and his credentials and really, really impressive stuff, didn't get a word. And he said, I don't understand this. this is a great case. So what we did is we did a story on lead poisoning, and this was a child involved. We got all the statistics. We did a story on um, how if a child is, is affected by lead poisoning, it takes this amount, this very, very minute amount, to lower the child's IQ by two to three points per permanently, as, you know, by this certain age, if they're exposed. And we, we had experts commenting on it. We had background stories. We had um, all the contact information. And this person, this attorney, was quoted more than any as the expert. All of a sudden, he had interviews from USA Today to, I, I mean, all over the country we're wanting to talk to him because now it's news. It's not about him. Right. So it's the same exact story just formulated as news instead of an ad.
0: Right. And I think what, another thing you talked about in your book, which is really interesting, that if you are an expert in a certain field um, you, and you read an article about something, you can write to the journalist and tell them more about something. Right. And then let them know how they can contact you if you want more information. You can just directly write to them. And it's so easy on the on the Internet now. If you read an interesting story, you can just click on their email address and write to them and say, I read your story this morning. It really was fascinating. And here's something that you might want to know that might help you if you want to go further with this story or do a follow-up story and then tell them who you are and, you know, what your website is and how to reach them because that and you don't even have to have a book if you have some expertise in that field if you're a professor or if you're even a a cook or something you know you have have some kind of uh, yeah so there it's just a matter of having something systematic I think that's the one thing that someone who has been doing this a long time myself you know since I have several books myself and I've been on a a lot of different tv and radio and all that things um I think For me, I think it's just so hard to keep up with everything that there is to do. And that's why I I liked your book because I think it does give you some organization for what you need to do and priority. And then also, if you have the funds to hire someone like you, it's even better because then you have a guide, a coach, someone to kind of show you the show you the rope, so to speak.
1: Exactly. And keep it all together and make sure that all the elements are happening synergistically all the time. Yeah, that's important.
0: You know, one of the things that you talk about in your book that anyone who's listening to me and to both of us right now could do starting tomorrow is you say it's really important to have a blog in your branding process, and you you say you differentiate between branding and ranting. You know, and and ranting and raving, because uh, I've seen some of those blogs that are ranting and raving, and I just don't even want to see them. So why don't you talk about that? Because I think even some of our students who maybe are, you know, very interested in be getting a Ph.D., maybe they want to already start branding. So how 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 do you uh, suggest that they do this? Frankly, I've been a little bit scared to have a blog for some privacy reasons, but, you know, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say.
1: Well, the blog you have, you don't have to have an interactive blog. It can just be you. It can be on the front page of your site we have a client that has a, she's, it's a fascinating, fascinating story. She's a kid that started a program teaching girls how to get away from rape and abduction. And she started this at 13, and it has gone worldwide. It's in 48 countries. She did a movie showing girls how to get away, and it's a free download, and it's it's, been downloaded a, a million two hundred thousand times and has just gone viral. She's been interviewed by absolutely everybody and won every award. And she, her blog, she writes something every couple of weeks. She's a freshman in college or just finishing her freshman year and doesn't really have the time to devote to the blog because she's on the speaking circuit, she's in college, she has a social life, you know, on and on. And what she will do, and it's just it's wonderful, is... Oh. Like May is girlfriend month. She will write something about it being girlfriend month and what that means, and why don't you, you know, get together and learn these techniques and show them to your girlfriends. You know, what a great gift to give your friends. Or it's sexual assault month. Or um, spring break is coming up, and she will go online and I, I can't remember. I think on the Soroptimist site or one of them, she found a whole list of stay safe strategies for spring break. Copied it, pasted it onto her blog, gave them credit for it, put their link on there, and anybody that doesn't go to the Theroptimus site but goes to her site gets this valuable information, and she's crediting it back to the other people and linking to them. So that has several different things. One, it fills her blog. It's news that's out that anybody can use. There's no rants whatsoever, and it's just good information that anybody can use that, and is useful. Um, plus, the link, when she linked it to them, that helps in search engine optimization. They were so thrilled with the fact that she did that that they put her site, her link, and her banner on their page, and you've got that going on. And her blog has RSS feeds and it's registered with TechNorati and all these, which are very simple to do, which search engines love. So if anybody Googles Spring Break, her, her blog comes up. If anybody Googles Safety, her blog comes up. If anybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. all of that is it's very strategic, but she's not up there going, oh my goodness, I saw, you know, who cares? Yeah. See, there's enough of that negativity out there and nobody wants to hear it. Right. It's constant information. If she has time, she'll actually write something. She'll go to a speaking engagement and write about the group she spoke to. I think she she did a speech for Operation Smile for their whole youth leader, international youth leadership conference, and she was their keynote and met six or 700 kids that volunteer, and they're phenomenal kids and she wrote about how wonderful they were and the kinds of work the kind of work that they're doing and the missions that they go on and the children they're helping which has nothing to do with safety but it was an experience she had and so that is all positive educational reinforcement and instead of saying instead of taking this information from this other site and rewriting it and taking credit for it she gives the credit away which makes them ha- you know love her and so i mean her site gets 10,000 hits a week so them or their link being on her site is a bonus for them they don't mind but and it was used in a positive way
0: right so those of you who are listening whether you're students here on campus at the university or whether you're listening and you're a business person you can do the same thing and you can give credit to other people to experts to Uh, community members to all sorts of things now how do you feel about the interactive ones where people get leave comments on these blogs
1: i don't really have anything against them but i don't see any reason for them okay and i'm not a tech tech techie person i have an it person that works for me and so i i do a lot there but this this one this one client in particular was underage until very recently, and I didn't want her exposed to the world. I didn't want them to have access to her. And one of the things I don't like about those is if there is a jealous person or a nasty person out there, they can write anything.
0: Right, right.
1: And why would you want that on your site?
0: Right. And then you have to have a policy that explains that you have the right to refuse to put something right. up there, and then that becomes an issue. So. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me, too. Yeah, and,
1: and a lot of the times when she writes things, people will email comments and they'll email um, praise or they'll ask more questions and all that. And
0: that's fine. That can be handled through an email. If it's nasty, you just delete. Right. And if it's something that someone writes you and you would like to put it up, you can always write them and ask them if, they, if you have their permission to do that.
1: Right, and she does have a comments page, and a lot of the comments go on that comments page, but she's not going to put something in there where somebody's, you know, being nasty.
0: Exactly. So what are some of the media mistakes that that people can make when, you know, how how should they avoid them? You know, we may have these business people around us that want to send out press releases. They want to do certain things to help their business grow. So what are some of the mistakes that they shouldn't make so they know to avoid them?
1: Well, one, don't send out press releases that sound like advertising because it's just a waste of your time. Nobody's going to pick it up.
0: So, Two, when you, so what you mean by that is you want to send out something that's factual or something interesting, newsworthy. Am I correct?
1: Yes. Um, remembering they don't care about you. It's about the audience. It has to be informative, educational, entertaining mm-hmm. to their audience, not to you. It's not about you. And then we go into never, ever believe your own press. Um, we have had clients to where, you know, they come and say, please help me, and we brand them, and we package them, and we sell them, and they're getting all of this business, and then they come back and have an attitude and almost use it against you and use the words that you wrote about them uh, against you Ah. or they lord it over people, and that... That is always a surefire way to fall flat on your face because people will want to see you fail if you're mean. If you're mean and nasty about it,
0: right? Um,
1: right. Hounding people is always a a bad a, a bad idea. If you want to be on in a certain publication or on a certain show, you send the pitch. You try to develop a bit of a relationship without being a pest.
0: hmm Um,
1: just you know, and and. Getting out there and one of the things you do is uh, and lying. Never ever lie to the press. Ever ever lie to the press because you might get away with it for a day, a week, a month, but it will come out. <laughs> if if you do not if you do not have a, doc, a doctor's degree, don't call yourself doctor. If you don't have a PhD or you're an MD or whatever, a doctorate of any sort, don't call yourself a doctor. <clears throat> Right. If, if, if you don't make stuff up, we can get you in front of the camera, but you have to be authentic when you get there and you have to tell the truth. We can't control that part. And if you're found out, there's nothing that can fix that.
0: Right. Right. That's that's going to proliferate all over the place and just destroy everything you have. So right.
1: And there's no reason to lie.
0: No. And, and if you don't have the proper skills, like for me, sometimes I'll get the media that'll call me and they'll say, Mari, you know, are you an expert on such and such? And I'll say, no, but you know what? I have someone that is, you know, if someone asks me, well, are, are you, a, you know, like high tech fraud? And I'll say, no, but let me, let me have you call one of my friends that really is. And I think they appreciate that too, because then they have, they don't have to go looking for the. For the proper expert, if you know that expert, give it to them, and then they'll remember that you did something nice for them.
1: Exactly, and I mean, like when we were talking a few minutes ago, you're we were talking SEO and RSS and all that. I am not a technical person. I know a lot of the buzzwords because we use this stuff, but I have an IT guy,
0: right and
1: Half the time when he writes to me, I go back and go, date in English, please. I don't, you
0: know. Right. And no one would expect you to know everything. It's just you know enough to know that you need to get more help.
1: Exactly. I mean, we have a team. We have graphics people. We have bookers. We have writers. We have tech people. We have artists. You can't possibly do it all yourself.
0: No. And and that was the one thing. I mean, even though, and and I love the book, Fame 101, but I think that, you know, some of the things you really can do on your own and, Nowadays, you can outsource and you can get some help from people, and you can do some trades. So, so, a lot of the things that you say you can do, but I think um, that was the one thing is that it it can be overwhelming if you don't get the help. So, if it you can, can. Get, yeah, if you can get the help to help you do this, and you can do it in a way that's economical, um, great. If you if you have the money to invest, even better. <laughs>
1: is that, well, but, I mean, I know
0: how to clean a house. I just
1: don't do it because. My time is better spent doing other things, and other people can do that better than me.
0: Exactly. Well, we have run out of time, Maggie, and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you sharing this great expertise with our students, our business people, our, our wonderful privacy experts who also listen in, who want to be privacy experts. So we will send them to your website and we'll ask them to take a look at Fame 101, Powerful Personal Branding and Publicity, for amazing success. And they can go to your website. And why don't you just give that website right now? It's platformstrategy.com. Well, thank you, Maggie, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning from eight to nine a.m. and visit our website at kuci.org/privacypiracy. Stay private.
1: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.